0: good day and welcome to episode 40 of the omra gaming podcast i am one of your hosts manny and as always i'm here with steve and i'm here with matt we got the gang back together how are you guys doing it's good to see you both
1: i'm doing really well manny thanks today was my first week at my new job it's been a it's been a lot of work but uh people are nice they may be listening to this episode Hey-o. So I'm only gonna say good things. Well, I'll tell you what. No, I do uh, I do like it, though.
0: I miss working with you very
1: much. I know. We're and not together. if you together. find
0: a replacement Manny, I will find you, and I will fucking kill you.
1: Well, all right. I won't.
0: Also, even if there's another Latino at your job, don't even look at him.
1: I, f- That's... I fear being replaced. <laughs> I'm HR. I have to look at everyone. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing good.
2: It's very warm out here. Very humid. I might die if we don't finish recording this podcast in like an hour, and I don't think that's going to happen. We're not off to a good start. Definitely one of our rocky starts, but hey,
1: we're alive. Those are our best episodes. I got
2: two weeks. We've had better. I starts. got two weeks of vacation coming up, so I'm, uh, oh I'm pretty my God. I'm pretty stoked.
0: Well, I'm excited to be here with you both. I feel good having the crew back together because we got a lot of exciting things to talk about on this episode forty. Because we've been doing this for 40 years. Isn't that a feat?
1: An episode a year, yeah. So the topic of
0: today's podcast is video game forgiveness. So when we've been burned by a studio or a company or a specific game, when is it okay to forgive? So we have some examples. We'll be bringing up some some more recent ones, some older ones. And uh, yeah, we'll have a conversation about forgiveness because that's important. And then we're going to be kicking off the show... With another segment of the Glitch Report. One of my favorite segments that we've only done once, so I'm really happy we're bringing it back. And I think last time we did it, Matt, you weren't around, so it's exciting to have you with us this time. But before we get to any of that, my room is disgusting. Let's keep the house. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at Omra Gaming on Instagram and at Omra Gaming on Twitter. And we would love it if you followed us because we have a lot of great content on social media. You can also find us on twitch.tv slash ombra underscore gaming, where we stream almost every single day of the week. For example, right now, Matt O is streaming some game while we're recording this podcast. So we're around the clock all day. Not actually all day, but a lot of the time. We're
2: kind of around the clock, semi around the clock.
0: Yeah, we're around half of the clock. So check us out at twitch.tv slash ombra underscore gaming. We would love to have you in one of our streams. You can also find us at our website over at www.obergaming.com, where you can read all of our articles and keep up with all the latest from the team. And you can even give us a call if you find something on that website that you enjoy reading, or if you want to respond to anything on the podcast, you can call us at 347-509-5620. And we might even play your voicemail here on the podcast. And I think we do
1: have one <gasps>
0: for today's episode.
1: Is it from Remy Plenty? It's from Magnum.
0: Oh! Hi, Magnum. Next up on Housekeeping, if you are enjoying our content, and if you want to help us grow to be the best gaming podcast we can possibly be, you can find us at patreon.com slash gaming where every single dollar we get will go right back into the show and make this just a wonderful experience. We have an amazing group of supporters at patreon.com, and we appreciate all the support we give them. And we also have some pretty awesome rewards that come with supporting us on Patreon. So if you want to check out those rewards and if you want to help us grow... Again, go ahead and check out patreon.com slash and throw us a buck or two, because we'll do some cool shit with it. will fold it up into a swan. And last up on housekeeping, this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Nerdiest Brands. Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from designers and vendors all around the world, no matter the fandom. So if you want to gear up on some sweet nerdy brands, head over to nerdiestbrands.com. That's N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S brands.com their stuff looks great yeah their stuff does look Mm -hmm. great so great you could wear it so now that the house is nice and clean it's time to keep the show going ladies and gentlemen this is a segment where we deliver breaking news which we made up verified by sources that don't exist this is the glitch report so first up on the glitch report matt what do you have for news
1: all right Developer Blizzard said yesterday that they're planning on releasing a new Overwatch hero straight to the game every week. That's right, one hero per week will be added to the game. When asked about what roles these heroes would fill, Jeff Kaplan responded that only DPS heroes would be added to the game, as nobody likes playing support heroes anyway. Uh, in addition, Brigida would be moved over to the first hybrid champion, occupying both the DPS and tank roles, and that Reinhardt would be removed from the game entirely because Brigida is stronger anyway. Some of the new heroes to be added to the game include Need for Treats, which is a dog named Larry who drives a car around the map at full speed so nobody on his team can keep up with him. <laughs> male Widowmaker, which is just hanzo holding a sniper and uh, wearing very tight latex clothing showing off his sizable rear and lean muscular torso oh, wow. wow and the last of which is cranky cat which is just a large house cat that when it encounters enemies can actually slap them off the entire map with its paw which cancels ultimates, is uncounterable, and has a five-second cooldown.
2: Wow. These are huge developments coming from Blizzard.
0: Hot, hot news coming from the Blizzard Hamster Boy was something, but this is just...
1: All verified information.
0: By sources that don't exist, obviously, because this is the glitch report. Well, it's funny you bring up some Blizzard news, because I, too, have a glitch report segment from Hmm. Blizzard. So the headline reads, Blizzard announces new hero based on player feedback, asking for more realism. Hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to read a little bit of the article here. In a surprise announcement just this morning, John oh. Q. Blizzard, CEO of Blizzard Entertainment, <laughs> released a short video announcing a new Overwatch hero, breaking from tradition of having Blizzard's VP, Jeff Kaplan, as a usual announcer. In a video, Mr. Blizzard said, quote, We've surveyed millions of Overwatch pl- players... And the number one piece of feedback was requesting more realism and more relatable heroes. So after months of hard work, we're finally excited to announce our new hero, Ron the Sad Adult. (laughs) John Q went on to say that Ron is in the support class because he himself needs a lot of emotional support. Ron's call-outs include, Hey, anybody down for Buffalo Wild Wings after work? (laughs) No? All right. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey, Brigida, how come you haven't replied to my text messages? must not have gone through <laughs> john blizzard then went on to describe ron's ultimate which is going to a bar in king's Row on a tuesday afternoon getting drunk by himself and thinking about how much fun he had at the party he went to in college uh-huh. ron the sad adult will be releasing next week on all platforms i can't wait to play as ron
1: that's so so some sad. hot hot
0: news coming from blizzard and john q himself that's straight from the top very top the tippity top so steve what do you have for the glitch report because we're already pretty hot
1: so hot
2: we're boiling over here buddy I, I gotta cool down. It's spicy. Spicy news. That's what they call it. So the title of this article, Spider Man's Web is not made of what you think.
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: Alright. I'm already into this. Well, yeah, this Matt over here, just assuming the worst. Wait until I read the piece. Can't judge a book by its cover or an article by its title. It's true. In just about a month, the highly anticipated PS4 exclusive Spider-Man will finally be available. So far we have seen some impressive gameplay footage as well as action-packed trailers. However, there has been one unanswered question that has hung over the minds of gamers. What exactly is that web made of? President and CEO of Insomniac Games, Ted Price, commented on the issue saying, We wanted to make this iteration of Spider-Man truly unique. We wanted to add our own special touch to it so it stood out in the Spider-Man's long history. With decades worth of Spider-Man stories already in existence, this could prove to be a challenging endeavor. When asked to elaborate on how exactly Insomniac was putting their own unique stamp on the franchise, Price smirked with confidence and said, We made the web out of sausage links. The comment left us curious as we truly didn't comprehend how sausage links could possibly maintain the same adhesive qualities as traditional web. Price laughed it off, saying, sticking to things is completely overrated. The links can still wrap around objects, creating a firm grasp, allowing Spidey to freely travel through New York. Also, it's super satisfying shooting individual sausages at your enemies. (laughs) We've included an animation where if you shoot it directly in their mouths, you get 10 Spidey Bucks. When asked what players would use the Spidey Bucks for, Price shrugged and said, who knows? Maybe some sausage-themed Spidey skins. So I guess we get our hands Ew. on Spider-Man and his many sausages on September 7th.
0: <laughs> That's exciting.
1: Very nice. So you
0: get spider sausages. If you throw the word bucks in front of pretty much any word, I'm going to laugh at that. Spidey bucks. Yeah. So now going back to Matt, what is your yeah. final glitch
1: report segment? So my other breaking news is that Nintendo has announced a new game. Oh. Nintendo today announced that they're actually releasing a new Waluigi-based game called Wawa Kitchen. Mm. in which you play Chef Walu- Waluigi as he tries to beat the clock and deliver Chinese food orders across New York City. You're often delivering those orders to Mario and Luigi lookalikes and are left begging them for delivery tips, just as Waluigi fans are begging Nintendo to add him to Smash Brothers. Consumers seem to be excited for Wawa Kitchen, but Nintendo additionally announced that the game is exclusive for the Wii U, and so nobody will actually get to play the game because nobody owns a Wii U.
0: It's true. No one I know owns a Wii U, not a single person. Christine owns a Wii U. That was the joke. Oh. Well, that's some exciting
1: news coming from Nintendo. Everyone always wanted a Waluigi game.
0: I'll play this game. As a fan of Overcooked and a fan of Waluigi, I'll definitely play that game. Yeah, it
2: seems like a little crossover event, really.
0: Yeah. Well, I have some exciting news coming from the studio behind Pokemon Go. So the headline reads, Company behind Pokemon Go drops trailer for new AR game. AR is very hot right now. It's hot.
1: Very hot. It's super hot in the streets. And in the sheets.
0: Ooh, hello. So I'm going to read a little bit of the article here. Niantic, the company behind hits like Pokemon Go and Harry Potter Wizards Unite, Dropped a trailer for their next groundbreaking AR mobile game. In an effort to reach more millennials, the the San Francisco-based studio's newest game is called Tinder Go. Oh, no. An augmented reality game that simulates the thrill of going on dates with people that you met on your phone. Shortly after the trailer dropped, a Niantic spokesperson said... You know, we're really excited to bring online dating to the AR scene. Now you can hold up your phone at an empty seat in a bar or restaurant, and a (laughs) rendered version of an online date will appear right before your eyes. There aren't many better thrills than going on countless awkward dates until you meet that one person who's actually pretty normal but moves to Austin in two weeks. (laughs) Niantic also announced that players can select a male or female avatar which will result in different gameplay experiences. Mm. For example, female players will have a higher drop rate of creepy dudes who aren't familiar with acceptable social behavior, while male, while male players don't actually go on any AR dates. They just endlessly swipe on their AR phone displayed on their actual phone until the game crashes. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Two, two worlds merging before our eyes. It sounds yeah. like
2: a terrifying Black Mirror episode. Oh, you
0: it, know? it does. Coming straight from the glitch report. Yeah, it's, hot, it's, hot news. it's
2: obviously real. It's definitely not fake. Nothing fake about it.
0: All right, Steve, what do you have for the glitch report?
2: So for the last story, it's a good one. And it's actually, we're kind of revisiting a former glitch report story. So the title of this one is Guillermo del Toro changes his tune. In a shocking turn of events, critically acclaimed director Guillermo del Toro has reportedly changed his stance on the use of naked fishmen in all forms of media. My goodness. We've previously reported that there was a rift forming between he and Hideo Kojima as they ran into creative differences on Death Stranding. Last we heard, Del Toro was insisting on the inclusion of more Naked Fishmen in Death Stranding, and all media in general. When reached for comment, Kojima mentioned, For months, all I heard from him was, Kojima-san, we need multiple Naked Fishmen in Death Stranding to really sell this thing. Without this army of Naked Fishmen, our audience will not be pleased. I insisted that he change his mind, but he was set in his ways. Until... Last Tuesday it all changed. We tried to press Kojima for more information, but all he did was stare at us while slowly shaking his head no and backing down a hallway at what can only be equated to a snail's pace. We reached out to Guillermo (laughs) del Toro's camp for comment, but so far I've only received radio silence and one strange drawing done entirely in crayon which depicts a naked fish man with a big X drawn over it. (laughs) The only other pieces of information we have to go on is a security tape from the local aquarium last Tuesday. It shows Del Toro entering the facility with a smile on his face at approximately 2.37 p.m. Pacific time. The footage goes on to show him leave the aquarium at 6.52 p.m. Pacific time with a completely blank expression on his face. What happened during those four hours is anyone's guess, but one aquarium employee told us something went down in the fish tank. None of the fish would even look at us even after Del Toro left. <laughs> what exactly happened in that tank? The truth may never be
0: revealed. Wow.
1: So that's that. That's a lot to handle. That's that. That's a lot
0: to handle, yeah. I want to know what happened in there's... the tank.
2: I want to know why he's completely done with these naked fishmen, because he was really insistent upon it earlier. So It's true. Only time will tell. Maybe next time in the glitch report we might get a, a follow-up to this saga. It's ongoing. It's
0: true. I'm looking forward to the glitch report next time. I would love an update on that story. Well, man, I'm, I'm a little bit tired from delivering such hot, hot news from verified sources that don't exist, but that's just how the glitch report goes, you know? So with the glitch report out of the way, let's keep the show going. It's time for the topic of the podcast, which as I mentioned at the top of the show is how to deal with video game forgiveness. So I feel like this is a product of some things that have happened recently, most notably uh, the no man's sky next update. And Really, from a lot of the conversations that I've had with a handful of people, both on our Discord and just friends uh, that I have in real life, uh, talking about when, if ever, is it okay to forgive, you know, studios or publishers for wronging you, you know? So let's start with Steve. I'd like to hear sort of your thoughts. What examples do you have, and I guess just like what are your uh, opinions on when, if ever, is it okay to sort of extend this kind of forgiveness
2: my whole thing kind of comes into play with no man's sky because i was one of the people who bought it on release day paid 60 bucks for it and basically paid 60 bucks for what really amounts to be an early access game like that's basically what they had released at the time it was a shell of what they had promised and i've heard people equate it to maybe they were doing it like releasing it when they were so that way they could try to get some money to you know actually do those things but the problem with that is right you, you said that these things were going to happen upon release and they weren't there and so what my biggest problem with a studio doing that is like how long am I supposed to be expected to keep this game that isn't what I expected it to be and is really just not that fun of a game in my library like how long am I expected to hold yeah. on to that and hope that they do what they did and completely kind of re- like revamp it to the point where they did finally give all the stuff that they promised two years ago. Was I expected to just hold on to that for two years, sitting there twiddling my thumb saying, well maybe they'll get this right because they went radio silent. Like they didn't say anything in the past two years. And then all of a sudden, like they did a couple of little things over the past two years, but nothing major. And then this major one yeah. starts to come up, like, over the past two months. And that's when you finally started hearing from them again. It's like, well, where the hell were you guys the past two years? I guess my whole thing is like, I have a tough time really forgiving them because sure, they did it. I'll give them credit that they didn't charge for this update. Yeah. But I really just feel like they kind of lied to everybody and they conned us and then they went dark, didn't say anything when people were looking for answers. And sure, there's there's a strong community of players who love the game, but I don't know. I, I just felt like I wasted $60.
0: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, Yeah. it's an interesting one, and I guess I'll sort of dovetail, not dovetail off it, but I'll continue that conversation, because I am going, I have gone back to No Man's Sky, and actually I've been really enjoying it, and it is finally the game that we were promised at launch. But yeah, I mean, I can totally see how a player wouldn't feel compelled to get back into it, and would feel super burnt by it, because they, yeah, they lied, or sean murray lied i i I don't know right like i don't know whose calls you know who made the calls Mm -hmm. who made the decisions that they did but it's an interesting one because they did go completely silent but they also had a super passionate like you said community that loved the game and had played it the whole time we weren't playing the game Mm -hmm. and they were probably making a lot of the decisions that they made in the next update based on the feedback and based on the engagement they got with that small community so Mm -hmm. they just went heads down on this on this product that was like super super hyped beforehand i mean i there was so much noise behind no man's sky when it was launched i think he even went on the colbert report and he He was was. i remember
1: watching that interview
0: yeah and he was talking about the game and about how it's all procedurally generated and all this and so there was so much hype behind that initial launch yeah and and that's what
1: sucked
2: me in
0: but there was just yeah there was so much hype because there really wasn't anything like the game that they were selling us um not the game that they sold us, but the game that they were saying they were selling mm-hmm. us. But yeah, so it's interesting because I have clearly forgiven them. I guess if if nothing else, then like passively forgiving them because I'm playing the game. And I've, yeah. in the last like week and a half, maybe I've put like probably 30, 40 hours into it. And it is finally the game that I wanted at launch. But I don't know, like I, I think for me, I compare the video game industry to nothing else there is nothing to compare it to i've heard people like say compare it to a car what if you bought a car and it didn't have wheels when you first bought it like that's they're not the same kind of product at all they're not even i would say the closest thing maybe is movies or and or music but still completely different so like i'm when i hear people say things like what if you saw what if you went you know bought a ticket to go to a movie and halfway through the movie it was just no audio for the rest of the movie and it's like cool yeah that would suck but it's a completely different example like that doesn't it's not one-to-one for me at least
1: yeah but i think you're going off the basis that like, of games as a service instead of games what they used to be mm-hmm. it's like when they shipped they shipped releases. a final product and yeah. that was it
2: and because there was no indication that this was a game as a service they like in right. any of right. their pre-release marketing material we were supposed to get this outrageous adventure game and like I love how it was like, yeah, you might not encounter people, but if you wanted to link up with your friends, you could. And then there wasn't any of that.
1: Right. I mean, he definitely lied. Yeah. Like he blatantly lied on television and during marketing campaigns. Like I won't forgive him for that. Like he, he lied to the public about what product he was delivering.
0: Yeah. And I guess you're right. I mean, I am looking at it from a games as a service scope, but I mean, uh, we're specifically talking about No Man's Sky, which is a game as it is a game as a service. You know what I mean? so like even if you do break it down between something like god of war which is not a game as a service and something like no man's sky which is and has those regular updates i still can't compare it to anything else like i can't compare no man's sky to any other form of media at at least easily like i'm struggling to think of a comparable example and so like for me that was like using an example is the easiest way to answer a question right like if God of War didn't have a bunch of things that it was supposed to have, then I could maybe be closer to making an example to a movie or something because it's a standalone product. But without that example, it's hard to like test my theory of when forgiveness should happen because there is no other, there's no precedent, there's no other example. But again, like I'm playing the game. And so for me, and this is just my personal thing, I f- I'm i ready to forgive a studio or, or publishers for making huge fuck-ups like that fuck-ups being the word I'm using to describe all of the shitty things that they did, lying and, and whatever, when they have proven to have learned their lesson and have put that into practice, right? So like No Man's Sky is a free update, has all the content we wanted. Yes, they burned us, they burned me because I paid for it, they burned you Steve, but they gave us a game that's enjoyable in the end. And I mean, I guess I'm forgiving them because I'm playing the game. Not that I paid them more money, you know, but I mean, like, Matt, you're you're playing the game as well, right? On PC? Yeah. So, like, is forgiving different than using the content or enjoying the content?
1: Well, I'm specifically targeting Sean Murray. I'm specifically targeting him because he was, like, the face of the company and he, like, yeah. lied to people. But there's, like behind him there's like a team of developers that like worked really hard and like people getting feedback from users that worked really hard and marketing folks that worked really hard and operations folks that worked really hard and i don't have any ill feelings towards them and like i appreciate all the work that they put in and you could say i quote unquote forgave them because they like stuck it through but i'm not going to forgive a guy that was out there literally blatantly lying and now he's all on twitter like oh the game's good like I don't know. I, I don't like him. I don't like him as a person. I think he wronged gamers, and I'm not going to forgive him for that. So, what does not forgiving look like then? Like it's just a personal thing. Games. I'm just not gonna. I'm not going to forgive him. I'm going to no- note what projects he's working on in the future, and I'll be wary of like purchasing them. But yeah. again, he's just one person. He's not like he's not going to be the right. face of every company he ever works for. And I don't know if that's forgiveness or not, or not forgiving sure. or not, but it's like, I'm not ever going to take his word at face value ever again.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think there is, there's no hard line of forgiveness means always purchasing work from that studio or yeah. not forgiving means never purchasing from that studio. I think that's a really unrealistic way. And so right. when I was saying, what yeah. does your not forgiving look like? It wasn't oh, sure. a gotcha question. It was just like, yeah, yeah. what is that for you? You know? Cause I feel yeah, like yeah. I know people who are like, Hello Games burned us. I'm never buying anything from Hello Games again. Or yeah. another notable one, which I think you're going to talk about, Matt, is like EA. EA burned people. I'm never touching an EA game again. I personally think that's unrealistic because in five, ten years, you're going to have different management, different right. teams, different you know products. And so...
1: And consumers are fickle in general. So like... Right, right. The only time I've ever said I will never buy something from company XYZ again was when like those companies actively worked against like marriage equality and Mm. things like like personal values right yeah Yeah. things that affected me directly and personally it's like yeah i would never draw a line in the sand like oh i'm never gonna buy an ea game again or i'm never gonna buy a game from hello games again but like personally i'm never gonna believe what sean murray says again
2: yeah and i'm kind of in the same boat where i would like i would just never buy a Hello Games uh, release on release day. I would never do that again. I would wait like a week or two to see how people are enjoying it, if there's any longevity to it, just because that's what I was expecting when I shelled out $60 for No Man's Sky. And I was expecting a game that was going to suck up some time and really uh, I could sink my teeth into it because it was perceived as just this vast, endless universe. And that was very interesting to me and then i got it and i was like this i was just like this is a shell of what i was promised and that's why yeah. my biggest problem was like paying full price for it like if your whole thing was you weren't able to create the game that you wanted to create at launch and you needed to get money so that way you could create that game 2 years later then go into early access mode or whatever it is whatever you want to do it open beta all this crap that they do now you know charge people 30 bucks you're still going to get people to buy it and that way they're aware oh this is a work in progress i need to keep playing it because i wasn't aware that that was a work in progress when i bought it and traded it in within the same week i i I thought that was the finished product i i had no inclination that that was going to be a games as a service so i had no reason to keep that in my library because i after Mm. you know a couple of days with it i was like this isn't for me there's nothing to do here so I, that, my whole problem with studios kind of just misleading the public is if they're lacking communication to kind of let you know that they are working to add to it and working to give you what was promised. And my biggest problem right. was they didn't do that. They didn't communicate. So I have a tough time really forgiving, I guess, the leadership at Hello Games because, like Matt said, you can't fault the people who work their ass off to build this thing because they, yeah, have, they right. have no say in that. They're just doing their job, meeting deadlines and – Trying to create, uh, like as, on, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trying to create as good a game as they possibly could, but I think the people at the top of Hello Games just handled it as poorly as possible. So it's not that I, I guess, like don't forgive them. It's just that I don't trust them. You know, I, I like, I would always kind of be very weary about any projects they'd be working on in the future.
0: Yeah, and because uh, like the medium is so interactive, where it's not like a lot. You know, I've always made the argument that video games are the most immersive form of art, more mm-hmm. so than movies or books or anything, right? because you're a part of how the how the experience plays out and you know you compare it to a movie you're just sitting there consuming the content whereas with video games you're engaging with it and because video games are so interactive and because it's like a two-way street media um yeah it just needs to be a case-by-case basis like it can't just be i don't know i compare it to like maybe scandals that are happening in the film industry right you have like harvey weinstein for example who's like does some awful shit so like that's for me personally very easy to be like cool Uh, i mean he's not making movies anymore but let's say he was i'd be like cool i'm never going to watch his movies again because that's something that's realistic you know what i mean whereas especially because there's so much like crossover between studios and talents um, when it comes to video games whether it's studios and publishers or whatever i think it it, again it is pretty unrealistic to be like i'm never going to touch a game that this person was involved in you know i think it's much more realistic to be like i'm not going to buy it at launch or i'm not going to trust their word but i'm going to read all the reviews and i'm going to listen to the people that are playing it you know yeah yeah
2: exactly my, my whole thing is like i don't want to go back to it just because i don't want to have to pay like it, it's still like 60 bucks to buy a new copy like that's insane how is that is how crazy. is that game yeah. still worth 60 bucks new so like that's even yeah. if i wanted to get back into it i don't want to buy it again so
1: yeah
0: tell you what though it's a fun-ass game <laughs> i've been
1: enjoying it um, okay, so I think we can't really discuss this topic without discussing EA. I feel like EA has often burned people over and over again, and people keep going back to their games and buying them. Yeah, I think one example would be Mass Effect Andromeda, which, as most of us know, was sort of a big flop when it launched. There were tons of glitches and bugs oh the faces right. the faces were <laughs> just a, a quality that bioware would have never released on their own uh and somehow made the cut at ea to also
0: f- i mean and it, it sold right like it wasn't a commercial flop
1: i mean every ea game sells right right yeah. so it just got bad reviews like it got bad reviews yeah and that's what we're sort of talking about right like consumers leave yeah. not feeling feeling like they didn't get what they paid for and that even like caused people in bioware to be like okay yeah we're not going to touch mass effect again for a really long time and like man that really sucks and like we're not going to touch the single player we're not going to release any new content and it's like wow that really sucks because like people who bought the game were expecting like dlc after the fact and things like that yeah um and so so that would be one example. Other example would be Battlefront two, which had a ton of hype. I mean graphically is sort of stunning how insanely beautiful the game is. Oh, that dice um, yeah. that
2: dice engine man. Oh my god. It's yeah so good.
1: <laughs> but when it comes to the gameplay and the loot system that they had at launch where you could gain uh, advantages over your enemies from the loot boxes. I mean, that was a whole goddamn mess that they put right. themselves in, and people I would say were potentially angrier after that than they were uh, after Mass Effect Andromeda. But um, just because you you could pay to be better than other players, which is like absurd, right? And then on the horizon, you have Anthem coming up, which like I can already feel. I can feel people forgetting battlefront 2 and mass effect andromeda like everyone's forgotten everyone's forgotten about it i mean the hype train's pulling into the station and people are just getting on right like i get it like the game looks tons of fun from what we've seen uh the game director is like way more open with what's going on than has happened in the past at ea casey casey hudson i think is his name but it's like you have to remember what happened like a year before this game or two years before this game's going to come out
0: north remembers Mm. it does yeah i mean it's 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 so true like we've talked about anthem we talked about that we're excited for it and i and i don't i don't know i think there's a camp of people who are like not interested not going to think about it not going to read about it not going to ask questions just going to hear what people have to say because i am the always correct consumer and like, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. And, like, that's fine. But for me, again, I think that's even unrealistic to be, like, I'm not even going to, like, read about how the game is developing or read about the parts of the game that look awesome or watch the trailer that looks fucking phenomenal, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, there there just is no hard line um, of, like, when... Not not only when do we, like, forgive, but, like, yeah, when do we choose to forget or when do we indulge in the hype because the hype is the hype is hard to escape, like that's why I got back into No man's Sky because I saw a fucking Sean Murray and whoever mm-hmm. else posting screenshots on Twitter that looked amazing, and I was like, mm-hmm. I want to do that." So it, you can't just bury your head in the sand and claim that you're always going to be on the right side of history. Well,
2: yes, know? I also think EA is doing things to make people forget. So of course, even before Anthem comes out, we have Madden coming out next week. We have FIFA coming out in September. We have NHL coming out in September. And then we have Battlefield Five coming out in October. Mm-hmm. And they've what? so far at least said the right things in regards to Battlefield Five, where there's no loot boxes, there's only cosmetic purchases, and there's no premium pass. So you're always going to have... The, that was one of the biggest problems with the old Battlefields where the people who bought the premium pass basically have a, a whole new collection of maps to play on and the people who just buy the base game will never play those. So they've done the right thing in terms of getting rid of all of those little perks so you can't really pay to win like you formerly could. Mm-hmm. And so even before Anthem comes out, they'll have that slew of big releases that is that are all going to sell millions of copies. And totally take away from all the attention that people would have focused on battlefront too. And that's what being a big publisher affords you those like possibilities where you can kind of make people forget mm. just because they're like, Oh, look at this right. little thing over here. We got for you. They just keep distracting you with other, with like new releases. And Hey, right. if you have the ability to do it, go for it. Cause I know, uh, you know, Manny, you're a big FIFA player. I play Madden every year. So, they're going to sell their copies, and I understand it's easier to hate a company like EA because, you know, they are, like, the big corporation and all that stuff. But I enjoy playing their games. Like, I love Battlefield yeah. as a series. I'm going to pick up Battlefield Five. Um, I, I, I know for a fact, right on release day because that is a game I'm interested in playing. I like the multiplayer. I love mm-hmm. the story mode. I, good for them for keeping the story mode. I'm, like, a certain competitor of theirs. Yeah. So when they do things like that, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, I get it, you're a big company, but at least you are making the effort. You're You're doing right. and saying the right things, so now we have to do the wait-and-see approach. I'm very curious right. to see what Anthem's all about. So far, it's not For only sure. the stuff we've seen, but the things we've heard from people who have played the game, like at E3, only good things to say about it, and those people aren't paid to say that stuff. They're actual games right. media people with no bias, and it was cool to kind of hear some positive feedback because that is a game that everyone is going to put under a microscope
0: for sure. And and I think, you know, you're right. Like they are releasing those mainstays, the Maddens and the FIFAs and all that. And, you know, d- different consumer groups for sure. Like the people who play Madden, maybe not the same kind of people that play battlefront two. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is reminding me of the voicemail Reese left in a previous episode where he was yeah. like, talking about what defines this generation and referencing the quote, soulless corporatism which like he's not wrong you know but in direct response to that Wout was like yeah but uh video game studios want to make money yeah so like of of course it's corporatism i i was listening to an interview with uh game director mark norris um oh mark yeah i know mark yeah you know mark from hangar 13 and he was like oh hi mark oh hi mark He was like, I don't want to hire people who don't love video games, right? So, of course, the people who are behind even the most corporate of studios, you look at EA, like, even the people who are game developers or artists or whoever at EA, like, they love video games, probably, right? But yeah, at the end of the day, like, they want to make make money, they want to answer to their superiors, their superiors want to make money, and that's just what what the industry is. Sure, I think why it was like, hopefully it comes from a nice heart or something like that, and like, yeah, perfect world, sure, but at the end of the day like we live in a capitalist society we're going to sell things to make money yeah. you know
1: and you're going to buy them
0: and you're going to buy them and that's just part of the fucking game you know
2: so i think what it comes down to is what steps do these studios have to take for us to actually for maybe not forgive that might not be the right word but what do they have to do for us to trust them again manny what do you think
0: i think it uh, I, again i think it just comes down to putting the fact that they've learned from their shitty actions and learned from the blowback into practice. So, like, I look at Hello Games releasing... I mean, like, I would say they release a, a great update that's free for me that's like, okay, cool, you got wise to the fact that we all call you out on your bullshit at launch and you worked hard for two years and here we are with a game that's actually awesome. Great. I'm going to forgive you because I want to play this game and I have been and it's, and it's a good experience. Some would say it should have been free anyways and it should have been that kind of game at launch and yes of course it should have right but to say that until i'm dead and never play the game even though i want to sounds ridiculous to me so this is my version of forgiveness and this is upon the this is the basis upon which i choose to forgive them okay and so like ea would be like anthem better be a wildly different experience than battlefront 2 all right so like put put your learnings into practice that's my that's my call that's your
1: motto
2: in regards to trust it. and forgiveness. Nice. How about you, Matt?
1: How does my forgiveness manifest itself? Is that the question?
2: Yeah, that was way fancier than how I put it. But sure, that works. We'll say that I said that. Uh,
1: well, I was reading a poetry book on mindfulness today. So I'm feeling extra mindful.
2: Nice. You look mindful. <laughs>
1: oh, thank you. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer. Like, because I mentioned like businesses that I felt like I've never stepped in a chick-fil-a and i never will and i'll never eat their products because even though they've done like a lot to fix what they like did like they had shit where they had people going in there like we hate gays let's eat a chick-fil-a and it's like holy fuck like yeah yeah, i'm never gonna eat there even though the company has done like a ton since then to reverse that um and they like opened in new york city and like there's a line around the corner and I've heard Chick-fil-A is delicious, and everyone that eats there loves it. But, uh, yeah, I'm never going to eat there because of what they did. So yeah. I don't think anyone in the video game industry will ever reach that level ever for me, you know? Right. So I don't know. I I think I just get more wary. Like I yeah. said about Sean Murray, like I'm not going to believe what he says anymore. But that was that's more like a personal value. Like he lied, and now I know he's a liar, so I won't believe him. But, like— right. I'll still look at Hello Games and see what they come up with, and I am enjoying the next update right now. I will always like keep up to date, obviously, with EA and what games are coming out with, yeah. and I'll likely play their games in the future. I probably feel the most wronged by like Destiny 2 and Bungie, but like I still played the game, even though I felt wronged, but I won't buy the update. Like I'm not buying the new DLC, because I think it's absurd that they're charging money for like you know how no man's sky released next for free like they should just be releasing this for free because i'm still waiting for a full game and the fact that they're charging it i'm not gonna buy it so even if it had good reviews stuff like that like i'm done with that game i'm not gonna go back to it took you a while but you got there
2: see like i'm almost on the boat where i kind of want to dip my toes back in destiny but like what's so daunting for me is i don't really want to play through all i don't really want to pay for it (laughs) all the other DLC that I'd have to pay for to get to the Forsaken. Right. right? And they offer it as, like, a, you can buy a $60 bundle where it gets you everything, but I'm like, why? No, I don't want to pay 60 bucks for it again, but I'm kind of torn because I, yeah. I've kind of had that itch. Like, when, I, when, when we were playing The Division, I think at one point I said to you, I was like, you know what I miss? And I, you were just like, I don't think you actually said it. You said something else, but I was just like, yeah, Destiny 2. And you were like, yeah, we had some fun playing that. But I kind of got that itch where I kind of wanted to go back into that world just because I loved the mechanics of the game. And the whole reason I stopped playing is because there wasn't anything to basically grind for anymore. Like, once you hit, like, 305, that was it. And then they released all the stuff you had to pay for, and I wasn't really interested in paying, you know, 30 bucks here, 15 bucks here, and then for this new Forsaken, which will be, what, like, 40 bucks by itself or 30 bucks by itself... It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot to take on. Um, so when I look for, I guess, that trust and for forgiveness, I'd like the studio to kind of extend as many olive branches as, you know, as reasonable for them. Obviously, they're not going to do anything that's going to cause them to lose a substantial amount of money. That's not how business works. I understand that. But, hey, I, that's why I've said multiple times I applaud Hello Games for giving this update for free. I think it was still two years kind of too late. Hmm. i think if they like if they really wanted to win me back personally and of course i'm just talking for myself here work it out with sony so this is like the ps plus free game of the month or something this would be the huge olive branch to all those people who paid for it originally and traded it in like myself i guarantee i'm not the only one i'd be shocked if i was you know something like that or put a severe discount on it you know sell it for 20 bucks for ps plus subscribers or you know 15 bucks or something i don't know just do something to be like hey we realize we colossally fucked up so here's this gesture where we hope it brings you back and something if they did something like that i probably would have been tempted to hop back into it if it was like a 15 purchase on playstation Store, sir why not 15 bucks whatever but right. I don't want it to pay sixty bucks huh. again, or even use, It's still like thirty bucks most places. So that's yeah, just yeah. that's just too much. So my whole thing is make the effort and not only say the right things, but do the right things. And that's why I have an eye on EA. I, I like what they're here. I like what I'm hearing from them as we move towards Battlefield Five and Anthem. But. Until they actually walk the walk, you're still a little bit weary. Uh, with Battlefield, it's different, just because I, I've played those games, and I, I enjoy those games. With Anthem, it's a brand new IP, so there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Right. Um, so that one, you're we're watching a little bit uh, a little bit more, I'd suppose. But honestly, as long as they do what they're saying, I'm okay with them. Even if you've wronged me yeah. in the past, as long as I've seen that you've changed, I'll be I'll happily play your games.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's a tricky situation, but. You know, again, I think it's everyone's got their own sort of take on it and their own reactions to it. And some are uh, more aggressive than others and some are a little bit more gray because, you know, that's just being a human. Yeah. So if you have any thoughts that you want to share about this topic, definitely give us a call. You can call us at 347-509-5620. We would love to hear what you think. So let's keep the show going. It's time For this segment where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patch Notes. So for Patch Notes, 8.02.18. Steve, why don't you go first? Why don't you kick it off? What do you have for real news?
2: This is real news now. So this is from IGN.com, written by Shabana Arif. Shabana
0: Arif. Oh my
2: god, our favorite author. PS4 breaks 80 million units sold. Sony has revealed that the last quarter's PlayStation 4 hardware sales has brought the total units sold to 82.2 million. They've released their quarter one 2018 figures, which reveal that 3.2 million PS4 units were shipped to retailers in the period between April 1st and June 30th, probably thanks to God of War bringing that total number of consoles shipped since its introduction to the market five years ago to 82.2 million. So the figure is down from the same period last year, but Sony's forecast for this year predicts that sales will be down by 3 million year-on-year with total units sold in the vicinity of 16 million. So either way, all this talk about frustration over crossplay, and then you read an article they like this, like this is why Sony isn't so gung-ho about like diving headfirst into crossplay yet, because they don't have to yet. I, right. I, I do think eventually they will. I mean, they're saying all the right things in regards to that. We're like, yeah, we're working on it. Um, th- well, the, their last comment on it was a little bit better than their first one where they were just like, yeah, we're not going to... We just want people to play on PS4. But again, when you sell that many consoles, like, are you are you, you really hurting? I, I, you yeah, can kind of yeah. see why they're not rushing into it because they don't really have to. And uh, I, I get it. You want to play with your friends on Xbox when you're playing on PS4, but hey... This is where the games are, you know, This right. so where the games are. So it's cool. It's a nice little milestone. It's definitely one of the more impressive consoles over the, uh, over. you know, I guess over the past few generations in terms of sales. So, you know,
0: good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you're sitting on the top of the mountain, you don't have to do a lot to have a good view. So I well, came up with that. Got to look on the fly. That one's free. Matt, what do you have for patch notes?
1: Um, so I have an article from GameSpot by Jordan Ramey. Bioware hears Mass Effect and Dragon Age requests teams working on secret projects. Ooh. Which is sort of exciting and sort of unexpected because after Mass Effect Andromeda until right now, Bioware had been pretty firm in saying that they would not be working on mass effect again until a very long Mm -hmm. time after this and that they aren't working on dragon age and as revealed in the article and in bioware general manager casey hudson's uh, blog post that he released thanking folks for their support of anthem uh, he also mentions uh quote and yes, we hear loud and clear the interest in Bioware doing more Dragon Age and Mass Effect. So rest assured that we have some teams hidden away working on some secret stuff that I think you'll really like. We're just not ready to talk about any of it for a little while. Which is like sort of shocking. Yeah. That they have teams working on stuff. To be honest, I thought Mass Effect Andromeda was the end of the Mass Effect series. And it very right. like and it's pretty clear to me that if Anthem is not successful, like I'm fairly certain EA would just shut down Bioware. So for Casey Hudson to be like, well, we do have some secret teams working on Dragon Age and Mass Effect is like sort of a big deal because uh, it sort of points to the fact that maybe Anthem isn't the last sort of straw for Bioware and maybe that, you know, they are continuing their other really popular IPs so yeah
2: hopefully this could lead to a remaster of the trilogy oh man, i don't understand I do, man. why they haven't done that like i feel like it's such an easy cash grab
0: yeah they'd probably make a showload from it yeah they, they would but not if they're not done with the
1: series
2: maybe yeah Yeah, no. well i mean at least it's good news for it though there's a chance that maybe God it right. pops back
1: up they're actually going to release uh, mass effect andromeda next it's going to be a free <laughs> update for the game
0: it comes out in two years on the nintendo wii U.
1: everyone's face is going to look normal uh so i'm going to
0: round out patch notes uh this is coming from Eurogamer, and the headline is detroit and heavy rain developer quantic dream loses employment court case oh so i'm going to read a little bit and this is from tom phillips controversial game studio quantic dream developer of playstation exclusive heavy rain and detroit become human has lost a court case against a former employee the victim in the case quit their post due to offensive photoshopped images of the employee circulated at the studio images which came to light after a damning joint investigation into a toxic workplace culture undertaken by a team of journalists at Le Monde and published back in January. These reports accused Quantic Dream leaders David Cage and Guillaume de Fondamieux of inappropriate behavior, overworking staff, and colluding or colluding in or at Collusion. least providing eye to a schoolboy culture involving sexist and racist jokes. Yikes. Quantic Dream boss David Cage said at the time he was quote shocked by the allegations. And in a statement published by the studio's Twitter account, Quantic Dream branded the claims by its own staff as quote slanderous and part of a smear campaign. Then, in an unprecedented move. As discovered by Kotaku in April, Quantic Dream began quietly trying to sue the publications three of France's sue the publications three of France's largest media companies for publishing the reports. So then the article goes on to say, in this case, the Quantic Dream staff member's experience at the studio swung the court in their favor. The staff member's decision to quit will now be treated as an unfair dismissal with the rights according to this. Quantic Dream meanwhile has the now has the right to appeal. Um, So basically, there is like a part of French employment law where uh, unfair dismissal, that's what the term is called. And so if you are unfairly dismissed from a company, which means like you're not fired, you're not laid off, but you quit because of workplace culture or behavior or some other shitty thing, uh, then you obviously have rights, both monetary and, and, and benefit rights, which is what that person was suing Quantic Dream for. Yep. And that's when Quantic Dream came out and they were like, we categor- categorically deny all these claims. That's when they started counter-suing the publications for re- you know, publishing these reports.
2: Yes, but there were also two other employees who also sued Quantic Dreams and they were right. not given the ruling by the judge. Theirs their was right. dismissed. So it's a very weird situation. like. Yeah. I I have no yeah. idea what the full story is. Well, yeah, I mean, at least I
0: don't one, think anyone this, ever will. No. This one person who apparently had Photoshop images of them in like sexual and sexual settings and like Nazi no. regalia and shit. So like that came out to be true, mm-hmm. but these other two weren't. So I, I don't know. It's a shitty situation, and I think it stems from what we've talked about before, which is like the best parts about. This media is that it brings people together, and one of the shittiest parts about this media is that it brings people together, and people can inherently sort of create a toxic environment for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, It seems like this one was that there were some shitty people, uh, and that's really unfortunate.
2: And it's definitely easy to believe, like, just playing all of David Cage's games – I mean, the dude isn't uh, the most open-minded or well-versed when it comes to writing different characters other than, even when he writes men, they're just so riddled with cliches. So, I mean, like, (laughs) my thing with David Cage is he's always trying to say, like, oh, judge me for my work. It's like, dude, your work is not art. Like, your work is unintentionally (laughs) hilarious 100% of the time. Like, the best part about those games is the interactivity and the different branching storylines and the unintentional humor. Like, last night, yeah. just making the dude fall down the muddy hill just by not clicking any of the buttons, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> right, he just trips the whole yeah, way. Like, that's it. why yeah. I love those games. I, I'm not loving those games for the deep story themes, that's for sure. Like, it's all very yeah. surface level.
0: Well, so it's clear that this guy's maybe not the best with other folks.
2: All you need to know about David Cage is in the game Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy, there's a tutorial mission where you're basically playing like a crash test dummy. And you're just like learning the controls of the game at the end of the game. He asks you, because also in this tutorial, there's David cage, just like a digitized (laughs) version of David cage in this game. And he's like, what do you think of my, my, my Android or whatever he's called? And your two options are nice and sexy. Jesus. Why would, why would those be the two options?
0: (laughs) There you go. That's conic Dream Yeah, that's for David you. Cage. So I guess none of us can no. say we're surprised, but uh, interesting sort of results from that whole, whole shitstorm, because I know we were... It's so weird. Keep an eye on that before uh, Detroit Become Human came out. A lot so, of it, too, is, is that it's
2: just because of, it's also like French law. Like, I have no idea what the laws are in France. I, I don't know what like right. a lot of the laws are here, so forget it, you know? I don't know
0: what the laws are in my house. Yeah, who knows? So that was Patch Notes 8.02.18 where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Now, before we close out the show, we do have a voicemail from, I believe, our friend Magnum. So let's give a listen to this voicemail. I haven't screened this one, so I don't know what it's about, but let's see what Magnum has to say.
2: What's up, hombres? It's your favorite bear. About to pick up some Chipotle and thought I'd say the Would You Rather question for you. Don't you worry, Manny. It's PG-13, and it's video game related. Uh So would you rather A, have Bowser as a dad who makes you fight Mario once a month you don't die but you do feel pain and he always steals your scepter not a happy dad in that scenario or B, pay for Wario's medical insurance because you know that guy's not taking care of himself (laughs) so Bowser dad Wario insurance payments one more thing, twitch.tv slash bear All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that was our friend Magnum with a would you rather. I think I would probably rather have Bowser as a dad, TBH. Same. entertainment-wise, that'd be way more uh, interesting.
2: I would do the Wario health insurance if I could take out a life insurance policy on him. Oh.
0: Ah, uh, a little modifier there. If I not, like
2: it. then, yeah, give me Bowser dad because Wario I, is yeah. not in the – he's not in top shape. Yep,
1: that's true. Yeah. Also, depends what country you're in. Like, right. if Wario and I live in, yeah, in, Canada, in Canada, then, like, I'll take his insurance. Yeah. Well,
0: thanks for calling in, Magnum. We appreciate playing some games with us. And if you want to check Magnum out at his Twitch page, you can find him at twitch.tv slash bear share. That one's free, Magnum. And he
1: has a new Twitter, too, also Twitter. called Bearshare.
0: Find him at Bearshare. So before we close out the show, we want to give a shout-out. To a member of our community who has been doing some amazing things. And this week's community shout-out goes to Sandra because she just got married recently. To
2: Trapster, another member of the community.
0: To Trapster,
1: another member. Yay. Yeah, so
0: congratulations to you, Sandra. Congratulations. We wish you and Trapster the very best.
1: Have a great wedding. We're saying this from the past.
2: Yes.
0: That's true. So, yeah, we're recording this the day before your wedding, but it's coming out several days after after your wedding. So I hope it was wonderful and filled with joy and love. Shout out to you and congratulations. We love you. So with that, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. If you did enjoy it, I would implore you to go check out patreon.com slash gaming, And you can help us grow and you can help our content be better and you can help us just be the best gaming podcast we can possibly be. We would appreciate it so very much. So with that, folks, as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we really appreciate you and we will talk to you
1: very soon. Uh, um, <laughs> anyway. No, I've never been to Uvu Java. Um, I've never been to Uvu Java. <laughs> um, <Ba-de-do-dum-boo-da. laughs> Has or never been to like... Uvu Java.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or the one that's like, "Hi, thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage." <laughs> oh, I love, I love that guy's editing skills. It's so good. Actually, still I think my piece all-time of favorite garbage. One is the one where the guy's like an all-female ghostbusters the feminists are coming (laughs) i'm an adult virgin (laughs) (laughs) it's to the tune of the ghostbusters song (laughs) i'm an adult virgin (laughs) 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 the feminists are coming
1: I'm an adult i like the recent ones that are the fucking oh. gamecube intro oh, oh they so <laughs> just keep going <laughs> and then it like oh, no, outlines like... australia <laughs> it's
0: just... Or the one that has, like, a random, like, there's a whole bunch of them, and each of them has, like, a random noise at the end when it does that thing.
1: Yes, the best so, is doodle the Spider-Man. Fuck! <laughs> best one is the Spider-Man slapping the ass of the, <laughs> other, the Spider-Man. other Spider-Man. I saw that one yesterday. That one's
0: old. Doodle 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 doodle.
1: <laughs> it's so good.
0: Anyway. And that was Vine's Daily. Yeah, what the fuck are we talking about? I don't even know what we're I don't know, man.